As John Golden Gay points out, and I quote, the New Testament itself doesn't address people who don't believe in Jesus in order to prove from the prophets that he is the Messiah. It does use the prophets to help people understand the aspects of their confession that Jesus is the Messiah. You see the difference there? The first approach uses the prophet to advance an argument. The latter is quoting the prophet to encourage believers. There's a difference. I believe one of Golden Gate's points is that it's not necessary to inject new meaning into Old Testament texts in order for them to be powerful for today. It's very likely that the coming of a Messiah who would be the very son of God was very far from Isaiah's mind. He was much more concerned with something else, namely King Ahaz, <laughs> who was in a, poor, a horrible spot. You see, there was two neighboring kings who were trying to get him to join them in opposing the mighty Assyrian army. These two kings, Rezin of Samaria and King Pekah, son uh, king of the northern tribes of Israel, were trying, were, they were, wanted Judah, King Ahaz's Judah, they wanted Judah to join them in their attempt to halt Assyria's westward expansion. And if King Ahaz and Judah did not join them, they, they had made it clear that they would just simply attack Jerusalem and force them to join them against Syria. Assyria. So Ahaz did not want to join these two smaller kingdoms, nor was he likely fond of the idea of Assyria coming in and taking over. It was a classic uh, rock-and-a-hard-place kind of situation for Ahaz. On the one hand, he had this mighty power moving westward and to potentially going to take over and attack his people. On the other hand, he had these two other smaller kingdoms that were suggesting what seemed like a not much better option. So God instructs the prophet Isaiah to go and find this troubled king, Ahaz, who was actually, he was out checking Jerusalem's water supply, anticipating a long siege. Now, you see, Jerusalem is one of those classic hill towns. The ancient people had a tendency to, to, put the, to put their cities on a hill. You see this all throughout Europe and in the, in the Near East and, and in um, the Middle East. If there was a hill, they'd put a city on top of a hill so they could defend it to withstand potentially a long siege. But only if you have a good source of water can you do that? And that would often be a problem. So here's a picture. Ahaz is thinking to himself, this is going to be bad. Hopefully we will at least have water. So Isaiah approaches the king and says to Ahaz, if he wants a sign from God, and Ahaz basically says, no thanks. But Isaiah gives him one anyway. <laughs> but only after he tells him this. Verse 9. If you don't take your stand 
in faith, you won't have a leg to stand on. That's the message translation. If you don't take a stand in faith, you won't have a leg to stand on. Stand firm in your faith, he says. And then he says, um, among a few other things, this strange statement. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. The name is translated, God with us. So what's he really saying here? Well, it's, it's not really that complicated. He's saying, have faith in God, and if you do, you will experience the presence of God. But there's a nuance here this morning I want us to appreciate. The moment that we realize that God is with us is the moment of birth. Birth. The birth of a special child. I'm wondering this morning, how many of you have witnessed the birth of a child as a, either as a mother or as a father, medical professional maybe, or someone just, just being there to help? How many of you have witnessed the birth of a child? Yeah, most of the people in the room. So how would you describe the experience? Gross. <laughs> fair? That's fair? Someone else? Painful. Of course, that has to come up right away. Anyone else? A miracle? Amazing? Long? Joyful. Absolutely. Surprising? Exciting? Exhausting? Life-altering? Right? So this week, I, I've been remembering the day that our eldest was born. And you know, Becca, it is actually one of the great gifts of uh, maturity to, to me, for me, to be able to reminisce about your birth with, with you sitting right here as an adult who has also gone through what your mother did. I'll never forget that day was not an easy arrival by any stretch of the imagination. Mom had a long, long labor, and at a very key point, after having chosen to go ahead with anesthetic, the anesthetic failed. And it was terrifying. It was so painful. And I remember being very, very stressed and worried, and then you finally arrived. And I was, I remember being completely overwhelmed with emotion. The nurse did what most nurses do. They, they handed you to mom who held you first. And they, and then they took you and they were working on you. And they, the doctor was listening to your lungs and thought they heard, he thought he heard a little click in your lungs as you were breathing your first breath. So they wrapped you up in that lovely blue paper. <laughs> I remember thinking, paper? <laughs> Why paper? 
But then they handed you to me, and the first thought that came through my mind was, I am not qualified to hold this baby. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Why are they handing me this baby? But then I looked at you, and I remember thinking, this is the most amazing moment of my life right now. And the doctor said, um, okay, John, here's your daughter. She needs to go to the, the, the pediatric area. There's a, there's a pediatrician there waiting for her right now because of what we heard with her lungs. So they said, you know which way it is? And, 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 I, and I said, yes, because I had just kind of come past there on the way to labor and delivery. And so I walked. You and I walked alone. We took our first walk together. <laughs> and we, we walked down this hallway, and it was just two of us alone. And again, I'm thinking, they trusted me with this baby. <laughs> and then it was like, wait a minute, of course they did. She's my daughter. She is my daughter. This is my daughter. And I, I remember the tears just running down my face as we walked down that hallway. And the, there were so many things going on in my mind at once. But it was like all the lights in the world just suddenly got brighter. And it, there, there were so many thoughts and emotions that just kind of flooding through me at the same time. Life seemed so full of possibilities and, and promise and a, a new life had just entered this big wonderful world of ours and suddenly everything was new and bright, and, and I felt enveloped in the presence of God like never before. And you can probably tell decades later, it's still with me. God was with me. Emmanuel. I can't, I can't help but think that something like this is exactly what Isaiah wanted for his people. from the king on down, to realize that even though things look dark and foreboding, faced with a likelihood of having to live on bread and hopefully water, there was still hope because a child will be born. There's nothing like the birth of a baby to help you see hope, even when things feel hopeless to help you experience delight, even in the midst of sadness, to experience joy, even when, you're, even when you're grieving. I have witnessed this over and over with families who are in the midst of burying a loved one, families whom God has in his vast wisdom, God has recently given a new grandchild or a great-grandchild. Has this happened in your family? Somehow this little one brings a ray of sunshine into what would have been a very, very dark time. A little light that helps you get up and stand in faith again. So what happened to King Ahaz and Judah? Well, Ahaz wasn't really interested in what Isaiah had to say. 
And he later actually declared himself a vassal of the Assyrian king, even giving away most of the treasures of the Jerusalem temple, so that it was eventually actually closed down during his reign. <laughs> Ahaz is remembered as being one of the most unfaithful kings of Judah. And then he was succeeded by his son Hezekiah, whom we remember as being more faithful. But when, it, when Ahaz had the chance to stand firm in faith, he did not. And he eventually fell. But God continued to be faithful to Judah. And eventually, a later inhabitant of Palestine named Matthew, who was one of the 12 that Jesus chose to be his disciples, he wrote about Jesus' birth. And he used the words of Isaiah, written over 750 years before, to show that when a child is born, you might find yourself reminded once again, it's, it's those who stand in faith that'll experience God being with them, really with them. So here's the invitation to all of us. To stand firm in faith. Are you discouraged? Is Christmas a difficult time? Are you facing challenges that are stealing your joy? Hear the words of Isaiah today. There is a great way to get through it, a way to stay on your feet, and it's to stand firm in faith. Faith that Emmanuel, God, is with you. Faith that this is not the last chapter of your story. Faith that God is still working to bring about something good. May joy be born in you this Advent season. And if it's tough to imagine, spend some time around some kids. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.